The COVID vaccine may soon be required for school children across the country. And if that happens, we will see a blowback from parents like we have never seen. Also, Joe Biden announced yesterday that his number one priority, if Democrats grow their majority in November, is passing a law that bans states from protecting the lives of babies in the womb. That's right. Our devoutly Catholic president is prioritizing the legal slaughter of unborn children. We've got all of this and more. It's brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, happy Wednesday, halfway through the week. We made it. We've almost made it anyway. All right, lots to talk about today. If you have not listened to yesterday's fascinating conversation with Chris Work, I highly recommend doing so. We talk about the scam that is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and really just breast cancer awareness in general and the cancer industry. I mean, my mind was blown listening to this person who has researched so much, who beat cancer himself. And I've gotten really touching messages from you who went through cancer or you had a parent or a loved one go through cancer and you benefited a lot from yesterday's conversation. So please highly recommend going to listen to it, share it with people that you I think would also benefit from it. Also, Monday's episode, I think I was thinking about this. I think it's a really good episode to share with those who are on the fence about gender ideology or who think that it doesn't affect them or who think that as a Christian, it's something that we should just kind of ignore because, oh, well, we're supposed to just love people and just accept people and it's not something we need to think critically about. It's not something we need to criticize. I think Monday's episode is a really good episode for those people. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. If you haven't shared it, share it with people that you think need to listen to it, or even if you're someone who is convinced like me, but you just need the words to be able to articulate why, why we have the stance on biology and gender that we do. I think that's a good episode for you. And in that episode, we also linked past episodes about it so you can really get an all-encompassing take on that subject. All right, today we're going to talk about... um, We're going to talk about first that Biden story from yesterday, the speech that he gave in which he said that it is his top priority if Democrats win in November to codify Roe v. Wade. Here is a short clip of his speech from yesterday. Here's the promise I make to you and the American people. The first bill that I will send to the Congress will be to codify Roe v. Wade. So you heard him. You heard the applause. You know that Democrats are excited about this. Democrats have become so extreme on the issue of abortion, and they're using this as a distraction from the failure that has been Joe Biden's presidency and the Democratic majority in Congress. And what I mean by failure, of course, is economic failure, foreign policy failure, and Americans are feeling the burden of this failed leadership that we have 
in Washington. Of course, we felt it when the draconian COVID mandates came down on us, whether it was state level Democrats, local Democrats or Democrats on the national level. People lost their jobs. Uh, Military members, service members were discharged because of their refusal to take a vaccine that they did not want to take and did not need to take. And so people have have taken the brunt of Joe Biden's leadership in that sense, but also people are feeling it in their pocketbook. They're having to cut back. I saw a Fox News poll the other day that was more than two thirds of Americans have had to significantly cut back over the past few months thanks to inflation. And Joe Biden is making inflation worse because he, along with his cronies in Congress, have signed off on spending billions and billions of dollars and sending it not to the American people, not even to the people who voted for him in a lot of cases, but to Ukraine, to the Ukrainian people. Why? What for? For what purpose? Why does it matter more that we are protecting the sovereignty and the borders of Ukraine uh, than we are protecting the sovereignty and the security and the borders and the safety and interest of the American people? It's really kind of uh, a mystery. And so that's where we are with the Biden administration and the Democrats and some Republicans in Congress who are going along with it, making the economy worse. And right now, Joe Biden is doing absolutely nothing to help the high gas prices. He tried to uh, pull some strings to lower the gas prices temporarily. But unfortunately, his energy policies and the energy policies of the Democrats, which we have detailed very many times by having experts on the podcast to talk about this, are just making the prices go up, in addition to his disastrous foreign policy, as we have also detailed many times on past episodes. And so Joe Biden's failed leadership is resulting in hardship for Americans. So they are using abortion as a distraction because they understand that there is a lot of women who are very upset about the overturning of Roe v. Wade because there is no and has never been a constitutional right to abortion. The Dobbs decision allowed states to come up with their own legislation surrounding abortion in that states could now ban abortion outright if they wanted to, whereas before they weren't able to limit abortion that restrictively because Roe v. Wade said there is a constitutional right up to a certain point uh, to abortion. So states have been free to pass laws that protect the life of unborn children in many states in all stages of that child's life. And that has made a lot of people very angry. A lot of women very angry as they say, oh no, my body, my choice, bodily autonomy, all of those very silly and vapid euphemisms that we have debunked so many times. And then you've got a lot of women who have believed all of the propaganda and the misinformation surrounding these laws that um, that says that women are not going to be able to get miscarriage treatment or they're not going to be able to get the attention that they need for ectopic pregnancies. We've also debunked that propaganda, and we'll link the past episode where we discussed that. And so 
there's a lot of anger out there from particularly female voters and Democrats realize that. And because they cannot hang their hat on any other thing that they have done for the past couple of years, they've just got to tell women, hey, we'll help you be legally allowed to kill your babies. And that's how we will secure your vote. And unfortunately, it's probably going to work for a good subset of people, especially those in the middle, squishy, suburban women who genuinely believe that abortion needs to be legal in order to help women who have miscarriages or in order to help women who have ectopic pregnancies, which is simply not the case. There is no pro-life law on the books that restricts in any way the care of miscarriages or the care of ectopic pregnancies. If that is something that is truly happening, then that is the problem, the mistake of those doctors, those doctors who are either purposely or accidentally not understanding the law. That is not the fault of the lawmakers who have uh, put in place legislation that is protecting the right to life of image bearers inside the womb. Um, And so this could be an effective strategy for some people. But I think it's important for us as thinking Christians to realize what this is. The codification of Roe v. Wade is, is not about, of course, the protection of women's rights. We know that. But it's important to know that the codification of Roe v. Wade, um, it's really kind of that phrase is a misrepresentation of what would happen. The legislation that is on the table right now, the Democrats say that they are going to try to pass if they are able to get a wider majority come November and that Joe Biden is saying that he is going to sign goes much farther than Roe v. Wade ever did. And it will prohibit states from being able to restrict abortion at all. It will declare that abortion is a right through nine months for virtually any reason. And Joe Biden, uh, the the unifier in chief, we were told, the expert on empathy, the moderate that we were told, the evangelicals for Biden said uh, said was a true description of him, uh, is now saying that he supports that. He supports the most extremist measure in legislation on abortion that we have seen. He is for not only the legal slaughter of unborn children, but the subsidized, taxpayer-subsidized slaughter of unborn children through all nine months of pregnancy. That is a radical position on abortion that virtually every Democrat in the country, in office anyway, elected Democrat in the country says that they support. Now, maybe their conscience doesn't really support that. Maybe they believe something differently, but it says something about the Democratic base and where the Democratic Party has gone and where the left in this country has gone, that it is politically advantageous, politically necessary for elected or running Democrats to say that they are against any restriction whatsoever on abortion. All right. First sponsor for the day, and that is 
Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell is the next generation of dietary supplements. So if you take your multivitamin, you're wanting to make sure that you get in all of your vitamin D and C, you might not know that the pill or the capsule that you're taking is not being absorbed very effectively by your body because those pills are often filled with different kinds of fillers that are actually really bad for your esophagus. Your body doesn't do a very good job of absorbing the nutrients that you think that you're getting, which is exactly why Healthy Cell uses a microgel technology. So it's in gel form. It's in a little packet and it offers 165% more absorption than pills. Uh, my mom was just talking to me about this this morning, how she has been taking their uh, their focus their focus supplement every morning and she thinks it makes a really big difference. She thinks that she kind of feels more clear-headed, that it's given her energy. And so she loves healthy cell and she will give her endorsement. Uh, their microgel technology ensures maximum absorption of exactly the sort of premium nutrients that you need to help support focus, recall, mental speed, and rapid learning. And if it's optimal brain performance that you want, like my mom was looking for in their focus supplement, then check out Healthy Cell. Go to HealthyCell.com slash Allie. That's Healthy, C-E-L-L.com. Use code Allie for 20% off your first order. HealthyCell.com slash Allie. You hear a lot about how conservatives or the right wing have gone so far right in America. We've changed so much. Really, it's the left that's gotten more extreme. And as leftists get more extreme, as has always been true in every society throughout history, when leftists get more extreme, they become less tolerant. And of course, it it seems like someone who has stated the same position over and over again for the past 25 years that, hey, um, abortion is not a constitutional right. We should protect the life of the unborn child seems to an extreme leftist like a radical or like some kind of fascist. Of course, that's what happens when you slide to the left. Everyone to the right of Elizabeth Warren looks like some scary Nazi to you. And that's exactly what has happened. Democrats have become more extreme. So anyone that you see, whether it's an Instagram influencer, a political commentator, anyone who claims that the right is the threat to democracy, that we are, that we have become so extreme, that we have changed so much, that we have slid further to the right. In some ways, it is true that I I think in the past few years, that conservatism has become in some ways more conservative, in some ways more liberal. But the fact of the matter is is that the left has gone further left on virtually every single issue that you can think of in the past 20 years, whether it's immigration or whether it's guns or whether it's the definition of marriage, the definition of the family, heck, the sexualization of children, uh, sex education in schools, what books should be allowed and read to schools, drag queen story hour, uh, the economy. When you're looking at any issue on the left, they have marched to the left. They have marched to the left most extreme. They are far more radical on abortion than, say, the vast majority of Europe is. The vast majority of Europe has limits around 12 to 15 weeks. In the latest cases, about 24 weeks. So Democrats in the United States are far more radical on abortion on the left than conservatives are on abortion 
on the right. So don't be gaslit into thinking that it is some oppressive position to say that you simply believe that it should not be allowed to poison or to dismember or to cause a heart attack in a living, squirming child inside the womb. That is the moral position. That is the righteous position. For the Christian especially, there should be no caveats surrounding that. There's not any nuance in that when you are talking about the murder of an innocent image bearer of God. That doesn't mean that you negate your love and compassion for the woman who is carrying the child or the father of the child. That is why, by the way, Christians work so hard every day to meet the needs of these families in crisis with surprise pregnancies. These women who feel destitute, who don't know what to do. People say, I can't be for, you know, banning abortion until Christians or until pro-lifers are willing to do the work. And I'm going to say what I always say to people who say that. Stop complaining on Instagram. Get off your couch, go to your local pregnancy center, show up and say, how can I help? Because I guarantee those ladies who are pro-life Christians in that pregnancy center have been doing the work that you say needs to be done longer than you have been alive, girl, longer than you have been alive. So stop lazily complaining about that work that needs to be done before you can vote for the protection of unborn life and get up and do the work. Do it. There are already people doing the work and you can join them. Do not use some kind of fake accusation towards Christians and pro-lifers to justify voting for the slaughter of babies. You will be held to account for that. And the excuse that, well, I didn't know pregnancy centers existed ain't going to cut it. All right. And so some people say, I know Democrats say, or you'll hear maybe moderates say this, you don't have to be a one issue voter. It's not it's not right to say that you care so much about abortion that you're going to hang your entire vote on that. Of course it is. Of course it is. Like, what is a more important? What is a more important issue than this? Is there any other issue that is this clear cut? Is there any other issue that we're literally, literally, not figuratively, not hyperbolically, but literally talking about life and death? I'm not sure that there is. I don't think that there is any other political issue that we are voting on. I mean, that's part of the problem. Should we even be voting to be able to take away the right of a human being, of an innocent human being to live? Of course, this can be your only issue. Of course, this can be the hill that you're willing to die on. Of course, this you can be a single issue voter and allow abortion to be your single issue. We are literally talking about the torture and dismemberment of babies. Okay, we're not talking about choice. We're not talking about autonomy. We're not talking about reproductive rights. We're not talking about miscarriage care or ectopic pregnancies. We're not talking about women's rights. We are talking about children. We are talking about human beings that God knit together purposely in the womb, being snuffed out, being killed brutally and violently on a daily basis legally. No, it is not okay to vote for a politician, whether they have an R or a D by their name, who is going to allow that. And if that's your issue, let that be your issue. Let it be your issue. 
I promise you, if anything is worth your vote, it's that. If anything is worth your time, if anything is worth your energy, if anything is worth um, losing your reputation over, losing friendships over, being divisive over, being offensive over, it is that. Second to the gospel itself, I would say abortion uh, is worth sacrificing and losing those things for because of what is at stake, the blood of children. Christians have always been in the business of running towards danger for the most vulnerable. The church has always been in the business of being a refuge for the victimized. That doesn't change now. And while your salvation does not hang on your vote, I want to make that clear. Don't think then that your vote doesn't matter. It does matter. People's lives, human beings' lives, defenseless babies' lives, in some cases, are depending on it. Okay, next sponsor. You know them. You love them. It's Adele Natural Cosmetics. All right, since Ulta apparently thinks that grown men, as we talked about on Monday, need to lecture women about what it means to be a girl. You should probably stop spending your money there and instead get your makeup and skincare from the place that I do, and that is Adele Natural Cosmetics. I love their stuff, truly love their products. Guys, I had been using the same foundation from Maybelline for like years, and I just thought that I would never change because I thought that I couldn't find something that was natural and gave me color until I met Adele Natural Cosmetics. I love their foundation. I wear it every day. Couldn't imagine wearing anything else. I love their skincare line. I think it makes my skin feel really soft and even truly love their products. And the people are even better than their products. They're Christians. They value life. They have the same principles that you and I do. All their stuff is made in the USA with toxin-free ingredients. What is not to love about Adele Natural Cosmetics? So go to AdeleNaturalCosmetics.com. Use code Allie for 25% off your first order. That's AdeleNaturalCosmetics.com for 25% off your first order. Promo code Allie. Now, if you're in the state of Georgia, I want you to listen up to the candidate uh, your guber- gubernatorial candidate, Stacey Abrams, as she just says what used to be the quiet part out loud on MSNBC as she's talking about abortion. Here it is. While abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. Did you hear that? Did you hear what she just said? And did you understand what she meant? That your children are a burden. See, it's not the rising gas prices. It's not that you can't afford groceries because of inflation. It's not the immigration crisis. It's not the high crime that is in all of the democratic cities. It's not the fact that America is on decline because of purposeful decisions by a lot of the people in charge. It's not that. No, it's not that. It's that you have kids. 
Human beings are the problem. Like you understand that underneath the democratic ideology, underneath the left wing progressive ideology is something that has always been there. And it's really sick and it's really perverse, but it's really there in all forms of secularism. And it's a view of human beings not as a credit to society or to the world, but as a debit. And we've talked about this Malthusian fear of overpopulation, this idea that there are too many people weighing down the economy, weighing down the earth, taking away our resources, and that we could have better things and a better world and a boosted economy if there were fewer people. Look at the countries that are dealing with a population decline. Look at the countries that are dealing with a steeply declining birth rate. Things are getting worse there. They're actually in crisis because they desperately need more people to buoy the economy, to be able to create the resources that are necessary to survive and to thrive as a country, as a society. Human beings are credits. They are not debits. They are not taking away from society. They are adding to it. They are the researchers, they are the doctors, they are the inventors and the innovators and the teachers and the helpers and the volunteers and the leaders and the friends and the people that are necessary to make life worth living, both in a very pragmatic sense, if you're talking about just uh, production, but also in a much a deeper sense if you're talking about our need for connection and family and community. And progressives fundamentally misunderstand human beings. They misunderstand human nature. They really just think that we're all clumps of matter. That if we if the people on top want to rearrange society or uh, to change how people function, then they can do that. They can simply... Um, manipulate people into believing that it's better off for them to kill their children and that they're better off just staying home and not working. Uh, They can try to change the definition of what male is and what female is and that human beings will just come along for the ride and that they will be able from the top down to control the populace by changing how human beings function and what human beings want. But it's impossible to do that because human beings do have an innate nature. We were created by God. We're not just accidental, arbitrary clumps of matter. And human nature is like a beach ball, as we say often. You can try to push it under the water through force. It will eventually keep popping back up. And so the consequences that we are already seeing from democratic policies, another example of that is their soft on crime policies, thinking that equity and social justice is going to lead to a more peaceable society. It just leads to murder. That's what happens when you don't punish crime. They don't understand human nature. And therefore, um, the cat will come out of the bag sometimes, as you saw with Stacey Abrams, and they will say the quiet part out loud that they do not view human beings as made in the image of God. They don't view human beings as people who are beneficial to society. They see human beings as burdens. And Stacey Abrams is more willing to convince you and encourage you to abort your child to than to address all of the issues that are um, convincing you that you need to abort your child. 
See, it's so funny because Democrats always say that Republicans are just pro-birth, that Republicans aren't the ones or the ones that aren't doing enough, that they're not working hard enough on behalf of um, of women and children. And Democrats are the ones that are passing the policies that are helping women. All of that is fundamentally untrue. And Stacey Abrams actually just revealed that so clearly is that she is just more interested in you aborting your child than trying to address any of the problems that are creating an environment in which people feel like they shouldn't have children. A healthy society would look at our declining birth rate and ask why and say, why is that? That's not good. We've made a mistake. We need to turn around. We have created a bad culture. We have created something toxic. If people no longer feel safe and secure having children or having as many children as they wanted to have, that is a problem. That's a problem with the society that we have constructed and we need to change policy. We need to change our messaging. We need to look at our priorities and look at our values. And we need to make sure that families are free to have as many children as they want to have. And if there are families, a lot of families that don't want to have children, we really need to examine why. But if your goal is depopulation, like it is apparently for Stacey Abrams, who, by the way, calls herself a Christian, then you're not going to examine that because actually you are OK with people being poor and destitute and childless after they have abortion after abortion. I'm just not OK with that. I, I do not understand, honestly, how a Christian, a true Christian in good conscience could ever vote for something for something, someone, if you will, like Stacey Abrams, who is not only just wicked. She's also blasphemous. Uh, her like little tour that she's doing at all of these churches saying that she's going to be a representation of Christianity for black people. When she uh, when she takes office, she is referred to herself as Deborah. It's just so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. I would love to have her on the show. I'm sure after this monologue, it's probably not going to happen. But I, I fear for Georgia, honestly, if she takes charge. What a colossal, colossal mistake. And if you vote for Stacey Abrams and she becomes governor, which I don't think she will, by the way, but if she does, you will see the error of your way so fast. Like, how could you possibly, by the way, how could you possibly look at Joe Biden's presidency or look at every single, every single city that is run by Democrats and not say, hmm, maybe it's not a good idea for me to vote for a Democrat? Every single city. Every single city that is run by Democrats has become less safe, has become dirtier, has become poorer, has been overrun with public drug use, uh, drug use and homelessness and defecation. Crime is soaring like there is no city that is progressive that you can say, "Ooh, progressive policies have made that place better. Ooh, that place is safer than it used to be. No, we say about all these places I used to be able to I used to be able to walk outside in downtown Memphis. Now you can't. I mean, it's probably been a while for that. But same thing with Denver, same thing with Austin, same thing with L.A. or Philadelphia or New York or Portland or Seattle. I've had people tell me that they used to love to go to Seattle or they used to live in Seattle and they lived downtown and it was awesome. And now you feel like you can't even walk outside at night. And that's just something we have decided to get used to. No, those are policy decisions. That's because Democrats have been in charge of those cities for decades. 
And their policies make things worse. They always make things worse because social justice kills. It always does. It destroys. Progressivism cannot build. It only knows how to destroy. It looks at um, a policy or it looks at a tradition. It looks at a longstanding institution and says, oh, that has to go. And it never has any feasible or good or productive plan to rebuild anything better. That's the problem with progressivism. It can tell you all the things it thinks it's wrong, that is uh, that it believes is wrong, um, are wrong. But it can't tell you, it can't give you any feasible solution to these things ever. It only destroys. It cannot build anything good. And we have so much evidence of that. I just can't understand why on earth anyone would vote Democrat ever again. I really, really don't. For the sake of democracy, democracy, you think Democrats are the defenders of democracy? I mean, you understand that the FBI and the DOJ are going after peaceful pro-life protesters who peacefully demonstrated in front of these pro-life centers. You understand that the DOJ said that they were going to start investigating parents who were just going to school board meetings, raising their concerns about pornography being read in schools. Like you understand that this in, that this administration, that this party doesn't care anything about democracy. You know that passing a federal law to say that no state is allowed to protect the lives of unborn children, that that is authoritarian and draconian, that that has nothing to do with democracy. You should always ask yourself when you hear someone on the left say that they care about democracy, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because even when they say something like, oh, protecting voting rights, what they mean is federalizing the election process so states don't have the autonomy to be able to run their elections with integrity the way that they want to, the way that their voters want them to. So even in that, they're not actually talking about democracy. I always say that when progressives, when Democrats say democracy, they mean authoritarianism that they like. And when they say authoritarianism, what they mean is democracy that they don't like. So they'll say that something like overturning Roe v. Wade and state legislation protecting the life of unborn children is authoritarian. But they wouldn't say that a federal law forcing states to allow abortion through all nine months is authoritarian. That's somehow democracy. Isn't that interesting? So I always, whenever I hear that buzzword these days, I always demand the person define your terms. What exactly are you talking about? Because chances are they're not really talking about democracy. They're just talking about getting their way. And look, if that's the game that we're playing, fine. One side's got to win. We want our way. You want your way. Fine. That's what it'll be. I'm not sure that you will like the results because the chaos the Democrats are waging is going to have an equal and opposite reaction at some point. Just saying. All right. Now let's talk about the COVID vaccine mandate for children. But before we get into it, let me tell you about our next sponsor. That is My Patriot Supply. So we're talking about a lot of chaos that is going on in our country and we're talking about potential Food shortages, that's what we have heard. The supply chain still messed up. You just want to make sure that your family is taken care of. You want to make sure that you've got an emergency food supply should things really and fully hit the fan. That's why My Patriot Supply exists. If you go to mypatriotsupply.com right now, you'll save $250 off a three-month emergency food kit 
at mypatriotsupply.com. Get one for every member of your family just so you are prepared. Hopefully you'll never need it, but you might. And it's better to be safe than sorry. So go to mypatriotsupply.com for that steep discount. That's mypatriotsupply.com. Okay, so people are understandably freaking out because it's now been reported that the CDC is about to vote today, probably about the time that you're listening to this, uh, to add the COVID vaccine to the child immunization schedule. Um, And this would, in many cases, make the COVID vaccine mandatory for kids entering school. Now, something that I do want to say that I think a lot of people maybe aren't Um, remembering when it comes to the story is that states do decide their vaccine requirements for school attendance. And so you're already seeing the Surgeon General of Florida, uh, Joseph Ladapo, who I I really like. I think that he is so clear and so bold, not just when it comes to the true science of the COVID vaccine and COVID in general, but also hormone treatment for gender confused children and things like that. So he tweeted, regardless of what CDC votes on whether COVID-19 vax are added to routine child immunizations, nothing changes in Florida. Thanks to Ron DeSantis, COVID mandates are not allowed in Florida, not pushed into schools. And I continue to recommend against them for healthy kids. And so states do have some autonomy in this, and you're probably going to see this pretty polarized. You're probably going to see the blue states requiring this according to CDC guidance if, as I'm recording this, they haven't voted yet, but if they vote to add this to the immunization schedule, and then you'll probably see a lot of red states not, although there will be red states that do. And this is still, though, concerning. It's still concerning because there is absolutely no reason for the COVID vaccine to be added to the list of recommended uh, recommended childhood vaccines. It shouldn't be required anywhere for a child to attend school. Remember, a child has like a 99.9999% survival rate when it comes to COVID. Most kids at this point have had COVID. Many kids have had COVID. They didn't even know it because it was just a sniffle. It was just a cold. I'm not saying that there are zero children that died from COVID. There are also zero, not zero children that died from the flu last year. Yes, of course, there are some children. They have underlying conditions. They are more vulnerable. They are obese. And so they are more likely to get a bad case of COVID. Of course, that is true of any disease. But when it comes comes to the statistics, when it comes to the data, COVID is simply not a major risk to kids. All right. I say that as a hypochondriac myself. I say that as someone who does not like to get sick. I don't like my family to get sick. I I, I don't want my kids to even get a cold, but I also have to understand the real risk, right? That's how we have to manage our lives. That's how we have to be able to assess our decisions and have any kind of discernment. And there is a risk uh, to Uh, to this vaccine when it comes to children. And we've talked about that many times. Of course, YouTube hates when I talk about that. YouTube also hates when I talk about abortion. But hey, these are the things that we have to discuss. Um, And so children or parents of children are understandably concerned about this vaccine that has not been on the market for very long, that doesn't have a whole lot of research, that doesn't really have a huge success rate. When it comes to the effectiveness of stopping uh, someone from getting COVID, it certainly doesn't stop transmission. 
This is something that has been admitted recently, that apparently it was never tested even in being able to stop transmission. And yet we were told by Dr. Fauci and by Democrats and by all the liberals in the media that you have to get the vaccine to help your neighbor because it is going to uh, it's going to create a dead end in you for the virus that you're not going to be able to one. We heard that we weren't going to be able to get it, but you definitely weren't going to be able to spread it. And now neither of those things are true. And so unless you're getting it because you are high risk and you feel like it might mitigate your risk in some way from getting a severe version of COVID, there's just not really a huge incentive for a lot of people and certainly not a huge incentive for children to get it. And so for it to be added to the list of recommendations that is then going to be adopted by um, by states that is then going to be taken on by schools that will say you cannot get an education unless you have this vaccine that you absolutely don't need and might in some ways be harmful to you, that's really scary for a lot of people. I mean, this is going to have a major effect on the last holdouts in those blue states who have said, you know what, I'm just going to hang on in Washington. I'm going to hang on in California. And I don't want to move. I promise you they are going to be fleeing those blue states for the red states simply because they do not want their child to be forced to get this vaccine. And here's here's something else that I think it's going to lead to. I think it's also going to lead to more anti-vaxxer parents, like in general, because I think that you're going to get a lot of parents who are filing an exemption if their state and school requires them get this vaccine. They're going to file an exemption. They're going to say, I don't want to get the COVID vaccine or I don't want my child to get it. And then they'll think, well, if I'm going to hold off on this vaccine, why don't I hold off on the other ones too? Or they might they might be thinking, well, If we don't trust how this vaccine was made, if we don't trust the Democrats who said something about this vaccine that simply wasn't true, what about the other vaccines? And so what you're doing by pushing this so hard, despite the mounds of data that we have about its potential harms and its ineffectiveness, is causing skepticism about vaccines in general and really about the medical industry in general. And there's going to be effects of that. Like there are going to be consequences of that. Now, I think a lot of that skepticism is really good. I think people should be thinking critically about the incentives and the motives of the pharmaceutical companies and the CDC and the NIH and all of that. I think it's good that people are researching and thinking about those things, but but completely, completely divorcing oneself from any kind of medicine or recommendation. I mean, there are some recommendations that the CDC makes that are valid and that are good. And you're going to get people ignoring them in general because the CDC has shot its reputation so badly. And it will only get worse if they are forcing these vaccines on children. Um, So just expect that consequence, that repercussion to be coming down the pipeline. Just some numbers on this to kind of put this all into context and to just consider like how consequential this will be. Only 9%, according to the CDC, of six-month-olds to four-year-olds have received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. So, okay, you're looking at four-year-olds and three-year-olds who are going into preschool who would then be possibly required to get the COVID vaccine. I mean, that is a lot of babies, a lot of children that would be required uh, to do that 
And I just wonder about the 91% of parents who have chosen not to vaccinate their young children. What are they going to do? I wonder how many of those will be willing to be coerced in that way. Children ages 5 to 11 38% of 5 to 11-year-olds have received one dose, 31% of 5 to 11-year-olds. Now, this number surprised me. Children ages 12 to 17 years, uh, 67% actually of 12 to 17-year-olds in the United States, according to the CDC, have gotten one dose of the vaccine. 58% have gotten two doses of the vaccine in that preteen to teenage range. But still, that's a large percentage of them who haven't. And I just wonder about the parents of those children, what they are going to do when they find out that in some states they are being coerced to give their child a vaccine for a disease that is not a threat to them and that in many cases they already have natural uh, immunity to. The CDC also admits that heart inflammation linked to the Pfizer uh, vaccine that it is it represents a slightly elevated rate than those who have not gotten the vaccine in that age range. And so maybe the risk is small. Like maybe you say myocarditis and heart inflammation for a young person is small, even I mean, if the CDC is even like fully and authentically representing reality and the findings there, it's still a risk. And people shouldn't be forced to take that risk uh, if they don't want to. But there have also been doctors who have said, actually, the risk of myocarditis in young men is probably a lot higher than what uh, the CDC is saying. And that is absolutely a reason for someone, for a parent especially, to say, you know what, I just don't think that's right for our family. I mean, there will be a kind of revolt if there are parents in states who have to give their children a COVID vaccine in order for their child to be able to learn and just finally have a sense of normalcy and try to catch up a little bit in their education. I mean, really, before the midterms, that's an interesting move, a really interesting move. And again, this is another example of the left really, really loves to be able to coerce the other side into doing what they want them to do and they're really not concerned about the consequences uh, when it when it comes to that let me tell y'all about cozy earth and how much my husband and i love cozy earth so they sell sheets they sell loungewear they sell towels it's all amazing we have it all but we especially love our sheets we've got you know different brands of sheets that we've kind of collected over the years but we can always tell when the cozy eth uh cozy earth sheets are on because they're so much softer they're so much lighter they're uh Uh, temperature regulating and so you stay cool all night we are obsessed we are obsessed with our cozy earth sheets love them so much they use 100% viscose from bamboo so they're breathable they're moisture wicking also I love their loungewear they sent me a loungewear set last year I wear it all the time and you can really wear it year round because of that just temperature regulating technology that they use. You can save 35% great deal on Cozy Earth Bamboo bedding by going to Cozy Earth, C-O-Z-Y earth.com slash alley to save 35% now, all backed by a 100-night sleep guarantee. That's amazing. Go to CozyEarth.com slash alley for 35% off CozyEarth.com slash alley. All right, so I saw this article just a few minutes ago in the New York Times title, FDA panel recommends pulling preterm 
birth drug from the market. Makino was approved on a conditional basis in 2011 after it appeared to help mothers carry a baby to term. I always think it's so interesting when outlets like the New York Times choose to use gendered language and when they choose not to, like when they say pregnant people or birthing people versus mothers and women. Very interesting. I appreciate the gendered language. There's a very, very low bar for what makes me happy uh, when it comes to the New York Times. So this has been out since 2011, and it was marketed by the pharmaceutical companies as a drug that could help women uh, prevent preterm birth. It would allow them, it would help them um, bring their babies to term. And the way they convinced the FDA to fast track this drug back in 2011 was saying um, that it actually helps racial disparities because black mothers are more likely to go into preterm labor than white mothers. So isn't that interesting? They use that kind of emotional and social justice manipulation to say this is why we need this drug uh, uh, fast tracked to the public. Well, now after 11 years, the FDA has realized that this drug is not effective at all, that it's not doing anything to help women uh, stay pregnant until 38 plus weeks of pregnancy. And actually, there are probably some harms here. So now the drug is hopefully going to be taken off market because they found in an aftermarket trial um, that it is not helping. It's not doing what the drug company said that it was going to do. And the drug company is upset by this. They're disappointed by this. They're asking for the drug to please stay on the market, at least for a subset of patients. And it is still using that racial disparity talking point, saying that, well, this is going to greatly affect Black mothers who are at higher risk for the preterm birth. And yet, there is no there 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 is no evidence that this drug is helping black mothers or any mothers. These drug companies and their cronies, whether it's in the media or whether it's in the medical industry, literally will stop at nothing to make a profit. It does not matter that this trial said that this drug isn't doing anything and can actually carry risk and side effects. Because of that, they are still saying that they want to be able to profit from it. Thankfully, I'm very glad that the FDA is hopefully saying, no, we're going to take this off the market. We don't want women taking something that they shouldn't be taking that could actually potentially cause harm to them and their baby and isn't fulfilling its intended purpose. And you still have doctors, according to this article in the New York Times, and you still have members of this company saying, oh, no, no, we need to we need to help black women by keeping this on the market. So pay attention to that. Also, whenever you see that argument being made from this place of supposed empathy and this place of social justice, whenever you hear people saying we need to do something for the sake of racial justice or because of racial disparities, you should always ask what the real motivation is. Like what's really going on there? That really tells us also like where we are in society that, you know, that saying those kind of talking points and talking about how something disproportionately negatively affects black people is actually lucrative. It can actually secure profit. And then you can accuse the person who denied you that opportunity for profit as racist. Um, That's interesting just how that goes. But I bring up this story to emphasize what we talked about yesterday, but a lot of what we talked about today too, 
is that there like there is a, a reason to question what these agencies approve and what they are recommending. This drug has been on the market for more than 10 years now. And women have taken it with the hope that it will help, and it didn't. And it could have negatively affected both them and their baby, and these drug companies will not be held liable. And so people have every right and actually the responsibility are completely justified in asking questions about what the government recommends that we put inside our body, what the government recommends when it comes to the kinds of vaccines that we take, the kinds of medications that really work. There is very often, not always, but very often perverse incentives that we would do well to at least ask questions about. I mean, think about the very people who are recommending a lot of these things in the name of saving lives. They are also the people who believe that it is right and good and beneficial to kill children inside the womb. That is a warped and a backwards, a subversive worldview and a view of human beings and a view of human nature. So I actually think for love of people, And for love of God, like Christians do absolutely have the obligation to ask hard questions uh, about what is being recommended and about the um, industry standards and talking points when it comes to our health and how we should be stewarding our bodies. If the people who say that it should be okay to dismember children inside the womb for the sake of health are recommending something else for the sake of health, like I think we're probably right in um in questioning in questioning that so just use discernment use discernment here god did give us science and it's a wonderful thing um but it's not god and human beings are fallible and the scientific method is a great method to be applied but it has to be used with discernment and skepticism Let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day, and that is Birch Gold. So with the consumer price index increasing yet again, the stock market has been in absolute turmoil. What's our illustrious leader doing to quell the surge of inflation that's destroying American families? Spending more money, making it worse, adding to the burden. So do not allow your savings to get decimated. You want to make sure that they are protected. That's why you need to check out Birch Gold. Text Allie to 989-898. They will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold and a tax-sheltered account. These are awesome people running this company with almost 20 years experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Text Allie to 989-898 and claim your free no-obligation info kit from Birch Gold. That's Allie to 989-898. Okay, one last thing before we go. I wanted to tell y'all that we have new stickers just in time for Halloween. You wouldn't think that I would um, that I would be selling stickers around Halloween to promote death, but I am celebrating this death, and so are you. And that is the death of Roe v. Wade, which has been responsible for the slaughter of tens of millions of children over the past fifty years. So we have these lovely little stickers. And if you're watching on YouTube, you will see what they look like. And we will link in the description, whether you're listening or watching. And it is a tombstone that says, R.I.P. 
1973 to 2022. That's 50 years of faithful pro-life advocacy and the result of the sovereignty and the goodness of God right there. And we got a sticker celebrating it. So if you want to spark some interesting conversations at the airport or at the coffee shop when you got your, your laptop up, or maybe if you want your car keyed, if you live in Seattle, you can put it on the back of your car. Or if you just want to put it somewhere so you can look at it and celebrate, then that's what you should do. Great gift too. Good stocking stuffer if you're already thinking about uh, Christmas. So go ahead, go to the link in our description, get yourself an RIP row sticker. I will be putting it on my laptop as soon as I get mine in. All right, that's all we've got for today. See you guys back here tomorrow.